Hey, uh, this is Mur from Dr. Bear. And this is Sebastian from Dr. Bear. And this is the Procast. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Dario and today we're recording from my home. And it is episode 67 and as you heard already, I have two guests from Germany here. They're located in Freiburg, also in southern Germany, but a bit, little bit the opposite of uh, of the country here in uh, in the southern parts of Germany. Um, how are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Pretty well. Yeah. Nice weather. Everything's fine and we can be here. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Yeah, the weather is good. Yeah. A little hungry, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take care of this. <laughs> Get a pizza. Or um, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited to have you guys on the show because... Um, yeah, the, the 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 story goes like this, a little bit like this. My uh, broadcast uh, co-host slash co-producer Randy played with his band. This is not an elephant with you guys at some point last uh, year, uh, last fall, and uh, had nothing but th good things to say about you. And I uh, couldn't be there, <laughs> unfortunately, at this concert. Um, but yeah, now I checked you guys out and you have some crazy stuff uh, to offer. And uh, so I was curious to, to find out more. Um, yeah, what Dr. Bear is all about. So why don't you just start um, with, um, yeah, telling us how the band came together and uh, what your mission is. Or, or yeah, musically, where where you found how you found together. <laughs> That's kind of hard to tell because in the beginning it started off as a cover band. Basically, it was around five six years ago, and then the lineup of the band changed and the music we played changed, and then someone I came together with these people and uh, yeah, then we landed kind of at this music we play because it was something everyone had fun with and everyone felt involved with and then we wanted to see where we can push it and yeah i think i think the way it really started at least the way the band is now i'm not one of the founding members either but i mean i think he is you are right? yeah i'm <laughs> the only one left and uh, yeah, the way the way it started, I think principle was uh, yeah we we studied together actually we studied music together in Freiburg, and uh, one of the semesters we did kind of a Tool tribute band where you know Tool ride the spiral everyone's really obsessed with the whole <laughs> with the main art factor. so because of that it kind of brought us really close we did a medley of four songs. Like the most popular songs, like say Lateralus was there, Raiden 2 was there, what else? The Part was there, obviously. <laughs> uh, 
one more enema enema was there yeah all right and uh, is it available on youtube that was it is actually it actually is it's just it's there is a real there is a channel run by a friend of ours called dorian he like he uh, records bands and like we do these one take videos with live cameras and there is a video on youtube actually hopefully hopefully we've come we've come a long way since then <laughs> but yeah it was fun it was really fun it was really cool and that's how uh, four of the five members of the band played together for the first time but the band as dr bear i think goes way before that yeah and then but then some of the former members had to leave the band because they moved to different cities and stuff and then it just made sense to go on with these guys and yeah like was like, the pretty much best decision in a while it was yeah we're all friends we all do our bit and it's somehow we're learning it's a process but <laughs> i think we can say that we're proud of what we've done so far i guess yeah for sure even if it sounds cocky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you've done so far is you put out an ep in 2017 called galama and then a concept album called exercises in composure which you released last year and uh yeah those were the two it is the more or less the back catalog and then this year you put out a monster 10 12 minute single um how would you say are the differences where are the differences in in the in those uh releases um maybe both in a in a in a working way like was it different work working together producing writing the music together and also the outcome how was the music different i mean the main difference was probably before the first two eps because in the first two eps i wrote the song together with the former guitar player and he came from a completely different musical direction and when he left the band and i started writing with him also the music changed pretty much the process process changed you're talking about me about him yes <laughs> my beloved friend and um yes also we had changes in where we recorded it, it and who produced it and stuff and so there is a difference in the sound in the style from every release to the next but uh now we got to a point where it stays more even in kind of one direction while we had this main major change between the first and the second release yeah i mean it it's you can hear it pretty much i mean it's like the first release is really you know they really i really like the songs they're like safe really cool songs to play live the second release with the i don't know why you call why do you call it an ep it's concept yeah yeah <laughs> the second release exercises in composure is like a very we experimented on that a lot actually it was actually really i wouldn't say was it rushed it was pretty rushed right yeah i mean it happened all in quite quite not so much time because we also set the date for recording it and stuff pretty early and then we were like yeah okay we have to finish it till that date and stuff so <laughs> yeah we decided to give each other deadlines because we because with you know with studying music and working on the side to keep the whole thing afloat and stuff you kind of you got to make sure you prioritize something 
So we prioritized the release and we Sebi would come home and then we would write, we would record and then show it to the rest of the band and soon it was an album out of nowhere. So we decided, okay, let's call it a concert album. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, I think it did. <laughs> it's uh the newest song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's let's stay at exercises in composure for for a second now, but because you're teasing it as a concept album here, of course I'm curious about the concept. What what's behind there? Um, what's an yeah, exercise in composure? <laughs> yeah, it, it it was mainly driven by a kind of r roughly Buddhistic idea. So uh, it was about meditation, about the way to deal with certain things in your life. And yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, the frame of the album is basically the first song. It's about uh, reincarnation and the last song is about dying. So you have this circle element to it. And the idea is basically you can play the album over and over again, and it makes perfect sense in a circular ah. way. And that's yeah, that's a bit meta there. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the whole, that's the whole problem. But yeah, there is there are some instances in the album also where the emotions go in ways that are different from what's happened before, and there's a lot of changes. We used a lot of uh, ethno instruments like we call them ethno instruments because they're not really typical instruments found in prog metal bands we play this uh, string instrument from turkey called the saz sweet which is like it brings this microtonal factor in it, yeah which is pretty interesting i guess yeah we had some throat singing we had some yeah we had some our drummer does a lot of throat singing like this tibetan stuff like it's really it's really interesting <laughs> and we used some layers of that and we also used uh, we used the glockenspiel which is like kind of like a a german version of a vibraphone xylophone kind of thing like yeah and then we had uh, we had a really ancient chinese violin on that record called the erhu which plays a solo in the song out of the blue which i think was sebi's idea actually yeah because my brother plays it because he studied violin and then someone got interested in that instrument okay. and I was like yeah okay if you go in this Buddhist Buddhism direction it makes perfect sense to use also an instrument that comes from this part of the world and yeah <laughs> turned out well <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah I will definitely go back uh, to listen to it again I uh, didn't really have the time. I I was I was listening to it like in the background, but there's so much going on that you really should uh, sit down and take your time to listen to it. Um, yeah, moving on to this year's release, which is the song "The Day I Invented Rain," which was released at the beginning of June, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. So and it was June that, the fifth was. What what yeah sounds sounds about right. I think that was a Friday, and Fridays are the release days of the week. Um, wh one thing that stands out immediately if you like listen to the day I invented rain and the earlier stuff or the the other stuff that I I think um, there's a there's a major step up in in production to be heard. Um, Definitely. <laughs> 
And I mean, the the song is a is a mammoth, a, a gargantuan mammoth song that's also, yeah, playing with different moods uh, over the total runtime of ten uh, minute and fifty eight second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all the the master is always different each time. <laughs> so um, yeah, is is it? Um, intended as a standalone single or is it like a teaser of more things to come this year yes <laughs> no, it, is a, it is a standalone single but also it shows what what happens in the future yeah I think the song for us has kind of set the bar to newer things that we would like to try in this direction Especially if you compare exercises and the jump between exercises to this one, I think we went a little more in the modern direction with this one that we kind of like, actually. <laughs> and we'd like to stay there for a while. And the the band loves it too. So, yeah, we're going back to the studio in October this year. And for the first time, we've decided to stay with the producer that we found for the last uh, single, which is the day I'm in, right? And this song has pretty much set the bar for us in terms of like what we want to achieve with our songwriting and the things we want to try and stuff. Even on, on this song, especially, we did some stuff that was also pretty unorthodox. Let's say we we used the baritone saxophone as a part of a solo in the middle of the song. Yeah, and what then, what did you uh, ask about that? Do you also had like a guest musician for that, or is somebody in the band plays yeah, multiple instruments? It's a it's a really cool band from Basel actually. The the saxophone is played from this really cool band from Basel called Weird Fishes. Weird Fishes, and that they, sounds cool. <laughs> nice. And yeah, I mean, she's a friend of ours. I mean, my ex girlfriend sings for the band, so I, <laughs> I kind of got to know her through that. And she's a really cool saxophone player. And yeah. since we just decided, okay, we into the studio and see what she can offer it wasn't really a concrete idea that we had but we really wanted to try it out so we did it and it, it kind of it really paid off it worked out surprisingly good <laughs> yeah. i mean normally you don't set like that to a saxophone player and he shows up in the studio and plays five takes and is like yeah okay i'm on yeah it's, it's <laughs> 13 8 and some some ridiculous time stuff that they're not really used to But it really worked out. She was really open-minded through the whole thing, and we were done in like less than half an hour. I think. Yeah. Wow. Not bad. Um, I was when when I was first listening to it, there was like something that sounded really familiar, and it took me like, yeah, multiple revisits to to pinpoint it. And it's like uh, towards uh, the the ending part of the song, there's like a very melodic section where where you're singing, "I am." this and this i am this and this and this and and at some point i think i got i got the reference i don't know if it's if it's intentional or not i, I think it reminded me of uh something from the ocean from anthropocentric heliocentric era there's a, like a pretty similar melody in one of these songs i didn't uh, take the time to 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 really uh like find the 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 specific song <laughs> That's interesting. I we have to check that out. <laughs> But if there is, if it is 
close to the same, then it was not intentional. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to the ocean. <laughs> And anyway, would wouldn't uh, be yeah. wouldn't be the worst uh, fit for uh, potential touring opening uh, slot. The ocean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. you say? Let's <laughs> put that down. We should contact the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once, once, uh, hopefully, touring goes back to more or less normal uh, next year. I hope you guys will uh, be able to play again because last time you were in Munich, I couldn't make it. <laughs> so yeah, we hope so too. Say once again, you were kind of uh, talking over each other. I just said we hope to be back there in Munich. It was fun. It was really cool. And we also, yeah, I mean, this is not an elephant. It was really fun to watch. I didn't really know what to expect because uh, I think they are friends of our drummer. So that's how we got to know them. And that's how we got to like, listen to some of their music. And live was really fun. Yeah. Was I actually... And it was actually last couple. Before this whole Corona stress happened, that was the last show we played. So wow, actually, definitely the, the 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 last show I I saw was this is not an elephant. It was just last week. <laughs> so yeah, here, yeah, here in Munich we have, uh, um, yeah, the the biggest and oldest and most important um, venue for rock and metal and alternative music styles uh, the backstage and um backstage. yeah since uh, since it is possible again to do small distant concerts they're inviting small uh munich bands to um to sure. play in the big in the biggest venue like the biggest hall of the three venues they offer usually it's like uh 1200 people capacity when it's sold out like when opeth or ginger plays there um yeah i don't know why they why they uh why opeth was playing there on the last tour they should have played at least one size bigger but yeah uh, it was sold out so it was nice for them but they didn't fit all the stage production on the on the stage <laughs> that's another story <laughs> anyway so yeah um Uh, this is not an elephant played last week uh, together with uh, another cool band called uh, Munich band called Brain Dead Wavelength, and um, yeah, okay. it's like in this big big venue. There's like yeah, tables, and of course you have to uh, give your name and your uh, your your phone mm -hmm. number and and everything. But but yeah, it's it's distant and it's cool. It's better better than nothing, I think. Um, The the last concert I saw before that was on the, I think on the 11th of March, also in the backstage but in the middle sized venue that was um, Mirath from Tunisia, um, yeah just four or five days before the lockdown started it was uh, they were they were playing one gig after that in Leipzig still and then they also had to cancel their huge European tour midway through. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a a little step uh, back at, uh, in, into uh, more, hopefully, more live opportunities in the future again. Um, yeah, I think we're 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 all craving for it somehow. And uh, on the uh, on the other hand, yeah. we 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 it's also like we also want to do the responsible thing and not rush things and everything. 
So it's it's not the easiest decision uh, uh, in in these regards. Um, yeah, you already teased the future of Dr. Bear now with the day I invented rain that you you're gonna go into the studio in October with the same producer um, with the intention of uh, putting together another full length album? Question mark. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> we got on. We got to produce two more singles. Yeah, we were we were pretty productive during the whole Corona phase and staying at home. We we finished two more songs and that's this time they're not 11 minutes long. Thankfully, they're like uh, yeah, together they kind of yeah, are, but yeah, together <laughs> they they come around say 11, 12 minutes. And for one of them, we we want to do a music video, which is going to be our first music video. So we're planning Ooh. on finishing. The songs and the music video this year, yeah, we should. It's possible, yes. The songs we would for sure, but the music video is. We're still working on storyboard things like that. We're gonna uh, yeah. do it all DIY. Yeah, we're pretty obsessive about this. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have a really we we there is a really cool network of people here that do so much productive stuff and so much quality stuff actually and we were lucky to know some of them so it makes our lives way easier in a way awesome it's really cool um <clears throat> moving into that the direction of our uh, little other section um i would like to ask you about some of your main influences because uh In reading your bio, listening to your music, it's obvious that it's like, yeah, that they are all over the place. Um, you describe your genre as brutal ethno prog. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm curious where. You, of course, you mentioned the the Tool origins, the Tool cover band origins of the band. Um, but yeah, where 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 do you like the main influences? Uh, come from when when it comes to songwriting for you guys that's also really quite quite hard to answer because uh, if you have different people with different influences and they put together together something then it's hard to pinpoint okay where is it actually come from so for you two personally I think the main the main you could I think for Sebi, it's a lot of this. I mean, if I'm allowed to guess, let me say for Sebi, it's a lot of these grunge-based rock bands that uh, that there where there are there is a certain heaviness, but not necessarily through guitars or anything. It's just the way the song itself kind of as a, as the way I don't know the the mixture of the voice, the instruments, the intensity kind of makes it heavy, and it doesn't have to be. Compression, compression, compression. It just, <laughs> it's just a certain a certain element of the music that makes it heavy in a way. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's mainly 90s rock and metal bands. Stuff like, um, what do we name first? Deftones in this oh, yeah. direction, Korn. Because, yeah, this is... The main part of the music I listen to comes somewhere from that era. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also got more into modern stuff, but this is where where my heart lies, basically. And then through him, we got more into the Opeth, 
Meshuga direction and um yeah I mean for me yeah, I would definitely say Opeth is in there because I mean I love the way there's there's so much melody happening in the middle of all that chaos and heaviness and absolutely there's I just this relate drama. to that yeah. yeah there's this super drama factor in the music that I think is just that has to be you know you've got to have that in a way that there's a lot of people that listen just for that dramatic factor and once once they find it they'll kind of strike a chord with these people in a way and they really like it fun, fun, <laughs> funny little backstory when when i discovered opeth um i must have been around 16 17 or something and um mm -hmm. it was through arians the human equation where mikhail also sang and growled and up to this point um i i couldn't stand any any growls or unclean vocals oh, or whatever yeah. you you want to call them it was like just disgusting and i, I didn't know what, what to how to process them somehow and so <laughs> i i heard mikhail growling on the human equation and i thought okay this sounds intense this and i can relate to that somehow so I went to check out Opeth and my first uh, album that I checked out back then, and, and it was in 2004, so it was an older album. The first album I got in, into my hands in the record store, it was Still Life. And it blew me away to the moon and back. And uh, yeah, it was uh, without a doubt the first growl record that i really got into and I, and i really fell in love with and it was for a long time the heaviest shit i was listening to <laughs> I, I completely relate to that that was so yeah for me it was back in the limewire days actually and then that when that's why i never really listened to albums because i i grew up in india and then we never really had spotify there and all that back then spotify i think was it's not, at least it wasn't a big thing, but that's why most of our friends were used to like torrent music and LimeWire and, and things like this, where you could only download, you know, single songs at a time or entire discographies at a time. And so you wouldn't really know where to start. Okay. But I had, I had, I was pretty lucky to have some friends that were really into heavy music. And the first time I watched Opeth live, I didn't know a single song of theirs. And I also really hated growling music. I hated it. It was really, <laughs> it, it didn't scare me at all. But then I, I saw Ackerfeld live and I was like, I mean, Okerfeld, sorry, it's Okerfeld, right? Yeah. I saw Okerfeld live and um, wow, I, I didn't know a single song and they played, apparently, like in later I figured out that they played really rare songs at that concert, like the Baying of the Hounds and things like that, Ooh. which they don't usually play. And it blew me away without, yeah, <laughs> without knowing a single, single song of theirs. And then I was religiously into the band. Like I was, from then on, it was just, it was an obsession. It was, like you said, the heaviest thing I had ever heard in my life. Yeah. It was crazy. The, the, it was the first, the, the first Opeth concert I saw was also, was also in the, um, Ghost Reveries time, and I think it was the first tour with Axe on drums. So okay. yeah, um, uh, sadly I never got to see Opeth with uh, Lopez on drums, but yeah, in the last years I had the opportunity to see Soan a couple of times and also meet Martin Lopez, okay. who's also a really cool guy and and really unique and cool drummer in his own way. 
and yeah, I'm super happy that he's back with Soen and making his music. Um, yeah, we're, we're already deep into uh, talking other music uh, than Dr. Bear. Um, that brings me to a section that we most of the time I do um, at the very beginning, but um, yeah, um, I changed things around a little bit, so... I want to ask you guys now the big question. What's in your Walkmans? <laughs> Even though you don't have Walkmans anymore. Uh, what have you been listening to lately? Some song recommendations for our listeners that we can put into the Spotify playlist. Um, yeah. De definitely Bend Me. This is such a sick band. I, I found this one album of theirs around, say, three months ago. It's called Shiny Eyed Babies. Yes. And it's from a band called Bent Knee, and it's some of the most interesting stuff I've heard in a really long time. I mean, I, I love these guys' attention to detail with sound design, and it, it's really, it's dramatic. It's really dramatic. It's like a musical but pretty pretty intense stuff. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did also with weird influences. Yeah, it's just it's brilliant and everyone should listen to it and it sounds Yeah, it's almost it's theatrical like, and it's, yeah. it has influences from completely different music to it. It has a pretty folky and country vibe to it and all the intensity you can ask from music so uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty. We're selling it really well, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> I can I can absolutely uh, agree to that, or, or I can I can feel that as well. Um, I had the uh, pleasure and the opportunity of seeing the guys live two times with Haken um, oh, wow. last year. Um, uh, beginning of last year was it? Or I think so. Yes. Okay. It, it all seems you... like in a in a in another lifetime. Yeah, they opened for uh, uh, Haken and uh, the the band making that lineup complete was Vola in the middle from Denmark. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. sick. <laughs> I don't know who they are personally. I haven't researched that far ahead yet. But uh, could you maybe tell me how old they are? Like just generally, like a young band, or are they like? Have they been doing this a while? They're they're um, I I I, I would say they're, yeah, around our age. Okay, wow. And and twenties. That's, That's okay. insane. That's towards thirties. Towards the beginning of thirties. Um, yeah, fa yeah, fairly fairly young band. They they've been doing it for for a while though. They're they're all passionate musicians and they're all crazy crazy musicians. Um, yeah, and seeing them live is is definitely another another level. Well, and uh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I should do that. Uh, Haken Haken discovered them while while playing with with them in the United States and then. Uh, yeah, the the European audience uh, was lucky that Haken brought them over to Europe, and yeah, I hope uh, with the next release, um, the global situation um, 
if the global situation allows it, I hope they will be able to come back as a headliner for for a small club tour. That would be really awesome. Yeah. So, um, favorite songs from Shiny Eyed Babies or from Bentley in general? From you can you, we can add two Bentley songs because it was just such a unanimous uh, decision that <laughs> you guys were saying you c we can put two songs in the playlist. Oh. There was this really beautiful cover of um, the old folk the, song. The, um, which one is that? This uh, "You Are My Sunshine." You are my sunshine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is one strong recommendation. And then I also really like the second song, "Way Too Long" and "Dry." Actually, they're all great songs. It's <laughs> <laughs> really hard. <laughs> yeah, they're all great songs, and, and they really move with the album. And you—it's kind of like you—you you feel like you get to know even more of the band with every song that comes on in the album. It's crazy. It's really. The way they've done it is brilliant. It's really. Yeah, I've, actually, I've it's been great. meaning meaning to. Um, listen to the album again because i haven't listened to it in a long while and last time or, or when i when i listened to it the first time i i didn't really get into it and of course last year they they um um they released a new album um with a long title mm -hmm. what, what was the title we know what you mean we know what they mean something like that <laughs> i don't really know you, you know, know what they mean. mean you know what they mean yeah right and they had like some super poppy singles or singles with amazing hook lines and i loved them uh and but the whole album i find it difficult to listen to because it's so like it's it's harsh sometimes like a like something in the production Jeez. which is like intentionally harsh and making it not easy for me to listen to it <laughs> But I'm super. We I were talking about. Sorry, say it again. We were talking. If we were talking about easy listening music, I don't think we'd be here either. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. that's absolutely true. Um, it's a little. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to a couple of tracks today. Actually, this morning I woke up with. And a very old Pain of Salvation ballad in my head, and that was Oblivion Ocean from the debut Entropia. So I want to add that to the to the playlist. Um, second one I had in my head spinning yesterday, and I was thinking it was one of those instances where where you have a melody in your head, and you you're damn, which song is it? Which which band? I can't quite pinpoint it, and it took me half a day, but then I remembered it was a very new band, uh, international um, project from a Dutch session musician called Kevin Storm. Uh, his f project is called Fleet Burner, and it, um, they have two singles out. The um, debut album is coming in the fall. The second single was called The Passenger, and that was the, the chorus of the passenger stuck in my head and it also has a monster bridge with amazing guest vocals from our good friend Agnete Magnus Kirkevog, the singer of Norwegian prog metal band um, Matamortem that would be the second okay. uh, um, recommendation from my side in the what in, in the uh, Walkman section and uh, last but not yep. least I want to give a shout out to an amazing young keyboard player um, 
who is located in Australia. Uh, he's called Rohan Sharma, and uh, he just put out last Saturday. He put out his debut release called 18 like he's just 18 years old so i think he's pulling an adele here i don't know um anyway <laughs> the, the album is uh is called 18 it features guest performances by richard henschel and um vocal guest performance from thomas kuche from next to none and also a guitar solo guest solo from lucas de la rosa who also did the master and the single from that album was called Carnival. You can also find it on YouTube and stuff. All that's going to come go into the Spotify playlist along with a best of Dr. Bear that you guys going to give me uh, in a bit. Um, I think for now, that's it for, for, for this episode. Um, thank you guys for joining. Um, have a nice summer, and I'm super curious um, what, what what you guys uh, will come up, up come up next with. <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Talk to you soon. The broadcast is a production of Stuas Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant.